Welcome and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast. Where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Neil and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 9-7. What's going on? Back again for another episode. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about... Conflict resolution. How do we deal with disagreements? How do we deal with this? Do we have disagreements? Yes, often. <laughs> we have disagreements often. I mean, not not as it. I guess we have to define disagreements because it's not like we're in the house like screaming. That's just not how we roll. But we do have disagreements. Okay, we do. You have an example of a disagreement we've had. Um, ever. I'm trying to think of a good one, but no, it don't have to necessarily be a good one. When you say good, you mean like a big disagreement, or you just mean like a disagreement in general? I mean, we've had disagreements about small purchases, like what size TV to buy, or like disagreements about whether we should make a purchase of a certain amount or not. But we've also had disagreements like financial situations and things like that oh too how money is spent which accounts for a large reason why many people get divorced right so let's let's dive into it how do we how do we even approach well let's let's let me ask the question this way how do you approach disagreements with me i'm always right no i'm just kidding (laughs) no like a lot of times, at least early on, I'm a very strong-willed individual, and I grew up having learned to do a lot of things for myself and to kind of be the master of my own destiny. So having to um, run ideas past someone was a little bit foreign to me for a little while there because I was so used to just getting things done so then when there were instances where we didn't agree I would just not even understand why you wouldn't agree with me (laughs) like I don't get it what do you mean you don't see it the way that I see it no everyone should see it the way that I see it and that's the end all say all and it did take me a long time to get over that i I mean i think that's common though because i feel the same way being an only child making all my own decisions for uh a better part of my life and picking certain routes and things like that and you know having my practice of foresight and things like that when i got to a conclusion i was usually pretty dead set on that conclusion right um pretty settled in the decision that I've come to through my decision-making matrix, I guess. So I kind of felt the same way when, when I had come to a conclusion and you didn't either A, see how I got that to that conclusion or B, thought it was the wrong conclusion. I would be um, baffled in the same way of wondering, well, how do you not see this if one plus one equals two? How could you say it's anything different was how it felt. Agreed. 
So what's it like to, or, or how do you approach me in those situations? You mean the ones where I feel like I'm right? Yeah, or even the ones, I mean, I doubt that we have a disagreement because you feel like you're wrong. Right. I mean, like when I'm bringing a point to you and you don't agree. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not the easiest thing to do because when you feel like you've exhausted all explanations of said topic and the other person still doesn't agree, it's a difficult pill to swallow. But I mean, and this is not something that is easy even now at times. But it's it's something that for me, I had to kind of step back and look at it from a global standpoint. <laughs> global like the world? Global like us as a partnership rather than me as an individual. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that I don't get caught up in the Mary of it. Mary meaning me mm-hmm. of it. And, mm-hmm. and more looking at it as in the us of it and then trying to see a perspective even if it's not fully your perspective nor mine maybe there's something in the middle that being the having the individualistic approach um having the individualistic approach didn't allow me to see the global solution or possible solution to the answer, whatever okay. the disagreement is. What about you? So, um, I'm probably a little more stubborn with that in the way that when you disagree with me after I've seen the long term kind of mm, to your point, like if I've said I've went through all of the different issues and questions. And I feel like I've exhausted all options. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little more stubborn in the way of mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns and I kind of pick a hill to die on, so to speak. Um, but I think to your point, you know, I do sometimes take a step back sometimes. And, and I say that um, being compl- 100 uh, percent transparent here. In the fact that sometimes I'll try to take a step back and look at it from your perspective. And sometimes, you know, I'll see it and sometimes I don't, you know, and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do like you said and try to look at it from a different, a different angle, a different perspective. And uh, sometimes I'm not successful. You know, and and I'll dig my heels in. Yes. Pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean I you do don't that. have to agree so I, I strongly. Mean, hey, if it's real, baby, it's real. I do the same thing sometimes, and sometimes, you know, against my own better judgment, I'll bow out to a thing, just because I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna quote unquote win. If that's really a thing, because I don't really, over time, I've found that winning is not the thing. Like when you're trying to get your own point across, it's not really a win. It's more of, it's more of like a, a fail almost because 
there's no compromise in there's no compromise in the win. So then it's just one person side over the other, unless it was a legitimate like, oh, I see your point now. I get it. This is the best decision. But if it doesn't come to that kind of resolution, it's not really a win. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes that <clears throat> you have to play the long game in that too, because sometimes the solution isn't readily obvious. So sometimes you have to, I mean, I mean, at least it's worked out that way for me a couple of times where I'll say, I'll do two things, actually. One, I'll go back and look at the global and try to look at the duration of the relationship and say, is this disagreement worth, you know, 20 hours of grief? Right. Right. Is it worth the headache and the heartache and the whatever? And then the other part of it is sometimes I'll say, <clears throat> well, what's the harm in trying it that way? And if it doesn't work, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, I'm not wrong. Right. Because if it's if it's a simple disagreement and it's like, should we do this or that? Sometimes I've I've been like, well, let's do this, and if that doesn't work, then let's do that. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, in actuality, both of us could be wrong, right? You know, but sometimes it'll work out where one way didn't work and the other way did, or sometimes the way that I actually disagreed with worked, right? And I'm not saying it'll work better or worse, but it worked. So right. it's like there's no reason to even try the other way. You know, um, but I do think that taking that moment to not necessarily decompress, but just to think about the cost of that disagreement and how much is it worth to, like you said, not not necessarily win because a win, you know, defining what a win is in an argument is a hard thing to do. Right. Because I'm with you. I don't I don't necessarily define it like. um like you were saying, just to do it my way, because that's not that's usually not a win. Usually, that's you doing it your way, right? And that can be an uphill battle sometimes, and not because your spouse is, you know, not because you're rallying against me, but just because I chose the harder thing to do, right? And I know, like you know, when it's in those moments where it's like. What do you do? And like you said, you kind of weigh it out. Like, I'll be in, you know, I'll take my moment. I'll pray about it. I'm like, okay, Lord, this is a, this is the issue. Like, what's the best path to take? And sometimes the path is to just be like, you know, that's my husband. He's adamant about this thing. Let's see if it works. And then... You know, with you, you'll be like, okay, well, I want to do it this way, but I see your point in doing it that way. And like you just said, you'll just try it anyway. And that that seems to work a lot for us in dealing with, um, like, minor things. But what about the major stuff? Um, I think I think the the thing with the major stuff, and and let me be very clear, I think the big thing there is that again early on 
in our relationship when we had some of those discussion points that we had set. We talked about, because um, by, that, by that time, we had had, you know, two or three, com- two or three of those conversations that mm-hmm. we talked about in some of the earlier episodes. And in those conversations, I remember one very distinctly where this was post us having a disagreement. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, we just talked about how uh, one of our key tenets is to not elevate our voice. Yes. So we have disagreements that are conversations, not shouting matches. Right. And I, and I think that helps keep it very civil mm-hmm. and very rational where you're going to give the other person time to say their piece and, and to respond to your questions without cutting them off or... Uh, Which is not easy to do for either one of us, actually. No, not at all. Not at all. Especially when someone's saying something to... Like that is not what I said, <laughs> and is... then we both deal with conflict a little bit differently too. Because once we reach limits, like once I reach a limit, my limit don't con- doesn't really stop. In the way of I want to still try to break it down and understand why, or understand what what's really the like underlying thing. When you reach your limit, you just want to be left alone. For a little bit. Yeah, once I reach my limit, it's a it's a definite kill switch in there. But then yours lingers longer than mine. Yeah, because that's like the na- nature your, of the beast. Your nature is like I'm at a limit, and it lingers sometimes for days. Mm-hmm. Maybe even and a it week. hasn't done. We haven't had a disagreement like that in a really in a while, actually. But um, mine is like I want to kind of dig in and figure it out. But you'd rather just like, mm, I need to simmer down first. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 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 yeah. I guess some people will call it clamming up, you know? Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> well, I, what would you call it? Uh, shelling up. No, no. Turtle shelling. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Getting under the blanket. Mm-mm. Enclosure. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll call it. No, no. It's a, it's a, cool down technique you know instead of you know it's one of those things where if you if you're in a conversation where you're kind of banging your head against the wall i feel like the only end result of that is a headache you know what i'm saying you're not necessarily going to knock down the wall mm-hmm. so that that technique is you know to stop banging my head against the wall especially if i've exhausted all the methods I feel I have available to me to explain something, mm-hmm. then then it's going to get into a cycle of me just saying the same thing. And I'm very adamantly against that. You know, when you just, when you find that in a conversation, you're just saying the same point over and over and over, and you may try to say it different ways, or you say it slower, or right. you say it faster. And, you know, through observation and life experience, most people, when they hit that point, they just say it louder right. and louder and louder. But the words haven't changed. You know, you're saying, no, just turn left, just turn left. And it just gets louder. And it just so instead of instead of going through that vicious cycle, I just turn it off. 
And I'm just like, well, I lack the vocabulary to express this idea in a way that another person can understand clearly. I just turn it off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like it's on an escalation route that's heading to no no man's land. Yeah. And see, for me, it's like, I'll turn it off. But if I turn it off, I'll just be like, okay, I'm done with that topic. We'll bring it up again. It's like, to me, if we're not going to talk about it, it's automatically tabled. And I'm going to keep it moving. Like, I'm like, okay, Lord, if that's the way, if we're going to table that, we're going to table it. And I'm going to keep it moving. So then I kind of open back up to just regular living, but you still on your simmer down mode and you like got the longest simmer of any dish I've ever tried. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. um, And sometimes that can be tough because I'm like, man, like that was like two days ago. You haven't brought it up again to like try to hash it out. Mm -mm. So it's like, let it go, man. No, no, can't do that. My problem solving nature won't won't allow me that that ease of release because usually during that simmer down time, what I'm actually doing is concocting a better way to explain what I'm trying to get across. And so it's very similar to the problem solving techniques I take when I'm doing software engineering where you hit a wall Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I'm not going to work on that for a while. But I still have the problem and it's still in my, I guess, long term thought process. So I'll do other stuff, but it's very much something on my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and and people who've worked with me in that in that space have seen that where, you know, it's kind of like a wall up, so to speak, because I'm churning on a problem and other things just don't come through as easily. <clears throat> when I'm when I'm in that mode so it's a it is a it is absolutely a trait but it's not isolated to just disagreements yeah I know so it's a it's an interesting thing but I think but again I think you know going back to how we disagree is a big is a big takeaway well what what, what do you mean by that just just the fact that you know a disagreement could look like a spirited conversation oh, okay. or or disagreement could look like a normal conversation you know what i'm saying it's not like you said before it's not a knock down drag out no it's never r- that running it never has been that actually. yeah running and screaming and hollering and you know what i'm saying and it's is not that it's hyper civilized but it definitely doesn't degrade into just outright name calling right it's two people who have different perspectives arguing for their perspective essentially is mm-hmm. what it turns into so it's it's very much like a debate and it always has been right you know before we were college educated degree holding people that's how we would disagree right so i think it's just I think just as we've gotten older and smarter, our our tactics and strategies for uh, debate or or heated discussion have gotten more elaborate. Right. You know, so So much so like because we don't hide this. I mean, there's certain things that we don't allow the kids to see as far as like topic matter. But when we have a disagreement and we're discussing it, we don't 
shield it from the kids because we think that that's a healthy thing for them to see. Right. You know, trying to work through disagreements, conflicts of that nature. But our oldest will sometimes look at us and go back and forth and like, are y'all, is it? What? Never mind. And it's just, <laughs> just walk away. Like, I know y'all are trying to figure something out, work something out. So I'm going to just let y'all do that. Yeah. But, you know, she never feels like, oh, let me just, you know, bow out. This is too tense for me. It's more like, what are y'all trying to figure out here? Yeah. What are y'all. What is the topic of the discussion? Because right. usually by the time she hears it, uh, we're we're a few minutes into mm-hmm. it. So that the main topic is kind of understood between us right. for the discussion. But it's funny because I was just thinking like, you know, disagreements are normal, but it really just almost always boils down to a lack of being like a lack of communicating exactly what it is that you need or what you want yeah like i'm thinking of just a disagreement we had just this week matter of fact and it was like you know we we work together on our business so that's a whole nother dynamic that we have going in our relationship because now we have you know the business relationship and parental relationship and romantic relationship and you know all the ends that mm. go along yeah. with being friendship being, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, friendship and all that jazz. And so there was a particular project that we had an opportunity to take, but it would require that would be there would be a sacrifice that we had to deal with and you know, like instead of just saying, okay, I'm okay with the sacrifice or I'm going to take this particular project. We didn't say anything. And then we're both in our feelings about it because we know that the other person probably feels a way. And it, it, it was just one of those things where it's like, if we were just upfront about how we felt. Then there wouldn't have been the tense ride around town that we had to take, Yeah, you know, trying to work out the, you know, this is why I'm, looking salty all day and walking around with my head low and feeling like I'm about to cry and this is why you're like walking on eggshells for this particular day and it's like all we had to do was just say hey it's okay I'm willing to make the sacrifice or hey I'm going all in is that okay with you you know yeah yeah and that's that's actually a really good point because I think um it's one of those things where like you said just not saying how you feel and the assumptions that the other person makes based on how they think you feel. Right. You know, because we both knew what the discussion was and what the decision that came out was. And then it was me making assumptions on how that made you feel and you making assumptions on me being able to recognize certain actions as a acceptance of the decision right and when neither one of those things met up it it led to to that conversation and and like most things for us we settled it in the car yeah on, on the ride um which is interesting that's an interesting dynamic those t- confined spaces yeah. apparently do a lot for us but um i think that i think that's a really good point mary in the way that 
you know, that is that is probably the key point in most disagreements, if not all of ours at least, is somebody not being very clear about something. And that's either way. Either I'm not clear about something or you're not clear about something. And then the other person, because you care, making some kind of assumption that leads to a set of actions. And sometimes it's not even about being clear. It's just about telling exactly what it is that you feel or you want. Because a lot of times we'll coddle, we'll coddle what we say in the attempt to try to bar the other person from something. But in doing that, we're not really giving our own desires a fair chance. It's oh, like we're not, we're yeah. not even giving the other person a chance to show up. Yeah, like, like we talked about before, the opportunity. Yeah, like I'm not giving you the opportunity to meet the need that I feel like I need met because I'm trying to coddle what it is that I'm trying to... I'm trying to coddle your feelings, essentially, which right. you really can't do. Right. And it's like we tell the kids, you're, you are your own person. Your experience is your own. So if you can't, if you're not going to express exactly what it is that you want or exactly how you feel, then you can't expect the other person to show up. Right. And you can't assume that they know because they're close to you. Right. You can't make that assumption. And you're right. And that's something we talk about all the time. Like. If you give me the chance, that's really all we ask for from each other. Give me the chance to surprise you. Tell me the thing that you think I don't want to hear and give me the opportunity to surprise you at my response. Right. And it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you go, I'm going to tell you this bad news and you're going to be upset. You say the bad news and then that person's upset. Right. But sometimes you say the bad news and they go, oh, well, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. And you're like, wait a minute, but you know. You love that car, and it's like, yeah, I did, but are you all right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not even, not even a thing. And they, you get that moment of delight when you realize, oh, they do care about me more than their car, or they do care about this more than that, or something. Or it like could be something. I know for me, like one of the things that I deal with right now is like presently right now is the trying to make time for myself. And sometimes instead of like saying, hey, I really just need like 30 minutes to just sit and be, I'll expect you to just give me the time because I'm like, okay, I'm giving him the time. Maybe he'll give me the time, but I can't expect that of you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I'm not going to say it, then while I'm walking around frustrated and mad, and now you look at me like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Right. (laughs) And it's really because I just need a break because we're, you know, this quarantine co- yeah. life and we're just all at home and we are one of those you know, we saw a meme that said if you um if you've done everything that you're supposed to do in the quarantine you you did the whole group project yes that was me i am that meme i'm the person who was like nah fam i got it i don't need your help because you gonna mess it up, yes. And we have been at home since middle of March, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and go around, drive through town, won't stop and go in these stores or nothing like that. But because of that, I'm here all day long, and we can't go and do anything outside of the house. So it's like, I need a break. 
But instead of just saying that, I'll get the little chip on my shoulder every now and then. And then you look at me like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Or I'll say it a little bit. And you're like, why you just didn't tell me? Mm-hmm. And just, why didn't you just tell me and give me the opportunity to, give you the to, opportunity. to, to create that for you? Oh, you need 30 minutes? Here, pick a room. And I'll keep the kids occupied for an hour sometimes. Right. Just because you said you needed time or two 30-minute segments. You know, I'll do one of the things that you usually do in their nightly routine to open right. up that space for you. So, yeah, yeah. And and it's the same. It's It's been the same the other way, too, where I'm doing something or for whatever reason, I expect something. And I think that's a big notion, too expectations what you expect from your right. your spouse or significant other you know because i think this is where like having been together as long as we have i think sometimes you go this person knows me better than anyone else and now i'm expecting them to do x y and z right even if they don't know that you're expecting it from them you know and then that spirals out of control because, like you said, you you are just expecting me to give you that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, he's here all day, too. He knows what I'm dealing with. Why doesn't he just do this thing? So I think that's a real interesting point, too, to look at expectations and how we sometimes set expectations for our spouse. That are unrealistic or... Well, not necessarily unrealistic, but you're setting an expectation and you're not even making them aware. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Exactly. It's just that you've set an expectation and the other person's not aware that that expectation has been set. So how can they meet? How can they meet said expectation? It's kind of like what we were talking about in the marriage roles. Like, how can you expect someone to meet this particular need if you've never even told them that? Right. That's something that you need. Right. That's a really good point. So. To wrap it all up, I think in in the way of disagreements, I think for us over the over the years we've learned that, you know, disagreements are, you know, you wanna be right, but you temper that with what's best for the for the unit. Right. Uh, it's not kinda of like a uh relinquishing of yourself like self-absorption and looking at it more like the we mm-hmm. instead of the me mm-hmm. because that way you know you're looking at it from a partnership point of view rather than an indiv- individualistic point of view yeah exactly exactly and i think sometimes to your point which is a, a great point right isn't necessarily the best right like being the person who wins the argument is almost like you win the battle but you lose the war type situation right. it's like it should never be a I win or you win it should be this will make us win right this is the better outcome right. for the household right versus we just doing it the way I want to do it regardless of the stress or angst that it brings right yeah and and that's part of keeping balance right because mm-hmm. Every in everything in a relationship, I think you gotta kind of pick your pick your battles, so mm-hmm. to speak. 
you know, and sometimes you compromise and say, well, let's try it your way and see what happens, right? Because sometimes what's the worst outcome is not that bad, so why not just try it? Right. And then other times, you know, you dig your heels in and hopefully your spouse will, will meet you halfway and compromise a little bit. But I think some of the very important things is in that, in that argument or that disagreement, keeping that civil tone, right? Being, still keeping that respect. Remember, this is a person you love, right? You know, and you don't want to say anything out of sorts or that is brutally hurtful, you know, because I think that's one of the things that get real, real tough in, in longer term relationships. Or in relationships in general, actually, because this person probably knows the things that can make you sick. And that really hurt. <laughs> they know they could twist a knife if they wanted right. to. Or they know what exactly where's the nuclear button. Right. You know, and I, and I think, you know, staying away from those things is a, is a plus, is a benefit that, that we all should take into account. And that you should not do that intentionally. Right. You know, you should still remember that, oh, after this argument, we got to eat dinner. We still got to eat. We got to be parents. We got to work together, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's a, it a long term vision. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, baby? No, I think that was pretty good. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. You all have a great day or night or whenever you're listening. <laughs>